This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, a new bill by House Republicans looks to get feds back to the office like before the pandemic. OPM wants agencies to take a more holistic approach when evaluating applicants. And the Justice Department clarifies who's a cyber criminal and who's just trying to help. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. Some Republican lawmakers want to press pause on making remote work permanent. New Mexico Congresswoman Yvette Harrell calls on agencies to give Congress a plan to address the adverse effects of remote work. The Show Up Act would require federal agencies to fully return to pre-pandemic telework policies, bringing employees back to the office. The bill also directs agencies to deliver studies to Congress on how pandemic-era telework impacted their quality of work. Harrell says expanded telework for federal workers continues to negatively affect agency missions. The Office of Personnel Management is calling on agencies to use all relevant skills when evaluating job candidates. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman has more. Agencies should look at applicants' skills from things learned in the classroom, on the job, or even on your own. OPM's new guidance details how agencies can step away from relying on education when considering applicants. Agencies have new advice from OPM on developing interview questions and using subject matter experts during hiring. The guidance lines up with the 2020 executive order on reforming the assessment of federal job candidates. Drew Friedman, Federal News Network. House lawmakers are looking to ensure agencies are well-trained on how to confront cyber attacks. The Homeland Security Committee approved a bill that would direct the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to establish training for securing industrial control systems. The committee also advanced legislation to reauthorize the Secret Service's National Computer Forensics Institute. The Hoover, Alabama facility is where law enforcement personnel, prosecutors, and judges learn how to process computer evidence related to ransomware attacks and other cybercrimes. The Justice Department says good faith cybersecurity research should not be charged under the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act. DOJ says the new policy will provide clarity for researchers who probe digital systems solely for the purpose of finding and correcting security flaws. The policy is likely welcome news for the federal cybersecurity community, which is increasingly turning to white hat hackers through bug bounties and other vulnerability disclosure programs. And playoff hockey and basketball fans can also rest easy. DOJ clarified that checking sports scores on a work device, among other activities, is not a federal crime either. A bill giving new authority to the Inspector General of the Veterans Affairs Department now heads to President Joe Biden's desk. The Strengthening Oversight for Veterans Act gives the VAIG the authority to subpoena testimony from former VA employees who have left federal service, former contractor personnel, or other individuals during its audits and investigations. IG offices across the federal government have asked Congress for this authority for years. Senate Veterans Affairs Committee Chairman John Tester introduced the bill with Senators John Bozeman and Joe Manchin. A program analyst for the Department of Housing and Urban Development may have provided non-public HUD information to a private company. That's the findings of a recent investigation from the agency's inspector general. The IG says the GS-15 employee provided a HUD budget portfolio document not authorized for public release to a senior official of a private firm by email. The agency referred its findings to the Justice Department, which decided no prosecution was warranted. 
Hundreds of IRS employees wrongfully accessed taxpayer information over the last 10 years. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more on that. The Government Accountability Office finds the IRS completed nearly 1,700 investigations of employees allegedly gaining willful, unauthorized access to taxpayer information since 2012. The IRS determined employees violated the agency's policies in 27% of cases. GAO finds more than 82% of those violations resulted in an employee suspension, resignation, or removal. The GAO report stems from a ProPublica report last year in which the outlet claimed to have gained access to sensitive taxpayer information on wealthy individuals. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. A former Federal Bureau of Prisons correctional officer pleads guilty to sexually abusing inmates. The Justice Department says 47-year-old Louis Curiel admitted to engaging in sexual acts with three inmates last year. The incidents happened at an administrative security federal prison for female inmates with specialized medical and mental health needs. Curiel now faces up to 30 years in federal prison. The Justice Department Inspector General's office conducted the investigation. Military commissaries are placing limits on baby formula purchases as the nation deals with a shortage. The Defense Commissary Agency says it's limiting the amount of formula a person can buy based on local and state women, infants, and children program guidance. The agency says it currently has half of its usual stock levels in commissaries in the U.S. Top senators say they've reached a deal to help millions of veterans exposed to toxic chemicals. Federal News Network Scott Massioni has more. Leaders of the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee say they've agreed on a framework for the most comprehensive toxic exposure legislation in American history. The plan would establish 23 illnesses and cancers as linked to military service in war zones with burn pits and other toxic waste disposal methods. The move would expand VA toxin exposure care to more than 3.5 million veterans. The bill is expected to cost more than $200 billion over the next 10 years. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Two of the next great government-wide multiple award contracts will not have contract ceiling thresholds. The General Services Administration issued a deviation to the federal acquisition regulations for the Polaris small business vehicle in March, removing the requirement to set a total dollar ceiling for how much agencies could order against it. GSA also plans to issue a similar deviation for the services multiple award contract, which is currently under development. These deviations are likely in response to challenges GSA faced with the 8A Stars 2 vehicle that reached its ceiling before the end of the contract, as well as concerns that the Alliant 2 contract will meet the same fate. And bipartisan support for new funding for IT modernization emerges in the Senate. Federal News Network's Jason Miller has those details. A bipartisan group of senators joined the industry-led bandwagon to convince the appropriations committees to fully fund the Technology Modernization Fund. Democrat Mark Warner and Republican Steve Daines and Tom Tillis sent a letter to the appropriations committee leaders asking them to provide at least $300 million for the TMF, which would match the president's request in the fiscal 2023 budget. The lawmakers say Congress has a responsibility to continue to fund modernization efforts so that legacy systems aren't left to grow increasingly costly and insecure over time. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White.
Reconnect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.